Hello and welcome to Hallowed Ground, the Sports Museum podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Stockman. The NFL playoffs are now behind us. Shout out to my Chiefs for bringing the Lombardi back to KC. I'm always struck by the ways NFL franchises preserve their history in team halls of fame and museums while constantly making new history on the field. For example, the Minnesota Vikings completed the largest comeback in NFL history this season, defeating the Indianapolis Colts after being down 33 points in the third quarter. Last fall, I spoke with Jessica Fauché, archive manager for the Minnesota Vikings. Jessica is an integral part of the Minnesota Vikings Museum, a new facility at the Viking Lakes Complex just outside the Twin Cities. Plus, as she discusses, her role entails the preservation and archiving of more recent Vikings photographs. A really neat position. For my overtime segment this week, I'll be exploring the career of recent Vikings Ring of Honor inductee Jared Allen. I remember Jared getting his start with my hometown Kansas City Chiefs, and he was so much fun to watch. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jessica. Well, today on Hallowed Ground, I'm speaking with Jessica Fauché, the archive manager for the Minnesota Vikings. Jessica, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing well. We've got some colder weather down here, so it's a great time to chat. I would love to start by getting into your background. I'm pretty sure you're the first person with like a library science background that I've talked to. So I would love to um, just have you talk about that academic background and then how you got into your role with the Vikings. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a bit of a weird one. (laughs) I always like to say that around the office. Uh, I do not have a sports background. Uh, As you mentioned, I do have a master's in library and information sciences. Uh, After my undergrad, I was about 21 years old and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. (laughs) And so I decided to start volunteering at a local uh, historical museum. And they stuck me in the archives, which I wanted to be on the exhibits, the curation. I thought that was the cool group. And they stuck me in the archives and I fell in love with it. Uh, I really took to archival theory. I really took to preservation and conservation and and really caring for special and rare collections. And so I started volunteering. That led to a full-time position. um, And I had a wonderful mentor. She was amazing. And then I did go ahead and pursue a graduate degree at St. Catharines University, which is local here to St. Paul, Minnesota, where I did graduate with my master's in library and information sciences. And during my graduate studies, I did a lot of part-time work as well as volunteer work in a variety of different archives. Um, The Walker Art Center, which is um, a very well-known contemporary art museum here in Minneapolis. Uh, I worked there briefly for a little bit. Um, And then I interned with General Mills, which is a large uh, food retailer company. Um, I interned with them and then they did offer me their full-time corporate archivist position. So I kind of moved into the corporate world uh, fairly quickly. Um, And I fell in love with that job. It was so much fun uh, hanging out with cereal boxes a lot. Um, Yeah, I know a lot. I, I know way too much about cereal. But actually what got me to the Vikings is... Uh, During finals week of graduate school, I was hanging out with a bunch of classmates and we went to grab a beer after finals and we all started talking about what is the ideal collection to um, curate, to be a part of. Um, one One of my fellow friends said the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She ended up going there. I had another friend that mentioned NASA, which is super awesome. I was like, wow. And I really thought about it and I said, the Minnesota Vikings. I said, I was born and raised here in Minnesota, grew up a a Purple fan all my life. I would love to work with the sports collection, kind of get into that world and really kind of steward the history. 
Uh, I'm a huge believer that sports not only speak to the legacy that they live in the community, but they speak to the community itself. Uh, so I sent the Minnesota Vikings. Three years later, one of my fellow students that was at happy hour sent me this job description. And she mentioned that she was not a football fan, so she would not be applying herself, but that she saw my dream job come up. And so I applied and uh, I accepted the position. So as I mentioned, I am a weird one simply because I have no sports marketing background. I have no sports. Um, I grew up an athlete. Uh, I grew up enjoying sports. Uh, I did a little bit of coaching and a little bit of refing as well, but really um, my academics was extremely focused on archival work and archival theory. Um, and really, I just went out in the marketplace to try and get as much experience within a lot of different venues, whether it's art museums, historical, government-run archives, all of that. And, and that helped me get to the Minnesota Vikings. That's awesome. I like how you were just like hanging out with friends and talking about the future. And then some of that's been realized for those folks and yourself, which is great. One piece of advice I always give people, put it out in the universe, right? That was a casual conversation we were just having all, you know, complaining about finals week and trying to get through it. Um, and I put it out in the universe and the universe kind of brought it back to me. So I do encourage people to kind of network and talk out loud like that. I like that advice. I would like to ask you about like growing up in Minnesota, I presume, were you a, a Vikings fan and how does that kind of inform your work now professionally for the organization? Well, that's a great question. I born and raised here in Minnesota, right outside Minneapolis. Uh, the first year that I really became a huge football fan was in 1998. For those of you that are not you know, familiar with Vikings history, uh, 1998 was the rookie season of Mr. Randy Moss. You know, he came in, uh, there's a bit of controversy when he came, but he made football look so easy. <laughs> um, and I was a little, little child at that point. And I remember sitting down with my dad and I just said, I could do that. I can catch a football. I can run down the field. Like this guy makes it so easy. Um, and then there was just win after win after win for the 1998 um, Vikings team. And I really fell in love with the sport. Um, and not only did I fall in love with football, but I really fell in love with the fact that there were so many different people that loved it. You know, there's fans that are five years old. There's fans that are 95 years old, right? There are fans that come from all different backgrounds, all different ways of life. Um, and I really resonated with that. It's, it's really bringing the community together for a common goal. And so in my work now, um, I love archival theory. I'm, you know, I call myself an introvert. I love sitting in the archives and just kind of processing and cataloging. But the reality is this is a community-based event. This is a community-based activity and initiative. And because of that, I'm constantly reminding myself as to, you know, why are we doing this? And really the legacy of the Minnesota Vikings here in Minnesota is really for the fans. And I feel very honored that I was brought in to help kind of steward the collection. Uh, but furthermore, you know, our leadership here, the Will family and the leadership of the Minnesota Vikings, they see that um, and they really opened up the Vikings Museum so that we can engage with a wide variety of fans, um, whether it's during the football season or whether it's, you know, in May. <laughs> so really, um, Constantly reminding myself why we're here. We're here for the fans. We're here to have a good time. Definitely helps me in my professional role because it's really collecting stories. And that's a big part of kind of museum and collections is what does that trophy mean? What does that cleat? What does that jersey? What does the, what's the story behind that? 
Um, a lot of people love to give us furniture from the Metrodome when that <laughs> when that fell. Um, same with Metropolitan Stadium. People have a bunch of furniture, and I always say, "Well, what's the story behind this?" Like, you know, some people don't have stories; they just say, "Oh, I just took it one day because I wanted." Um, and then other people have very surprising stories behind these artifacts. And so it's really my job to not only know what we have for the collection, but also to collect all these fan stories and legend stories. And of course, our player stories as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you um, about kind of the setup of the Vikings Museum, because I think the Vikings have a neat mixed use area called Viking Lakes. And so in my research for this, that's where their complex is and practice facility, and they have um, shops and restaurants and the museum is there as well. So it sounds like that was like an intentional add on to Viking Lakes. And can you kind of talk about what the the original purpose of the museum um, was as part of that development? You are correct. Viking Lakes is um, kind of a, a larger campus in which the Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center sits on. Uh, the Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center is the headquarters of the Minnesota Vikings. That's where the coaches coach. That's where the players play. That's where people like me, um, that's where our admin staff is. That's where our business people, that's where, you know, we work and we have lunch. Um, and we also have a community stadium within that as well. But that is just a small part of Viking Lakes. The heart of Viking Lakes, which was the first thing built, was actually the Vikings Museum. Um, the Vikings Museum and Team Shop. So that was really the heart of Viking Lakes. And that's honestly where the public can go. Um, the public are welcome to come to the museum. Of course, they're welcome to come to the Team Shop. They're also welcome to come to Viking Lakes and explore. Uh, unfortunately, with football, we do have a lot of security just to get into Twin Cities Orthopedic Performance Center. So there is a bit of a distance there. But really, the museum was the heart because, as I mentioned before, we are here because of the fans. And we want our fans to be able to connect with us. And the reality is, unfortunately, we can't have fans at every practice. We can't have fans in the draft room as much as we would love to. Um, but we can have fans in the museum and we can have fans on Viking Lakes. Um, so the museum was really the heart of this bigger development. Uh, and I do know right now that they have apartments and single family homes. And, and we're really uh, at the beginning of building up Viking Lakes. Uh, so there's going to be a lot more. Obviously, you know, I didn't want to bring this up on this interview, but the pandemic did shift us a little bit. Uh, it did halt some things, uh, but we, you know, are looking to the future and, and we're excited that the Vikings Museum is able to be a part of it. For sure. What are some things that people will see when they visit the museum? Because I've been to the Twin Cities once and I, I went to a twins game in the Metrodome. So I haven't been to Target Field. I haven't been to a, a Vikings game, but I have a buddy that lives up there. So I would love to come visit. And what would I see if I, I would come see the museum? Well, we'd love to have you back. Um, I tell everyone, don't come in the winter months. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you want to fall in love with Minnesota, come during the summer or the fall. Uh, but we'd love to have you. Uh, the Metrodome so funny. As a Minnesotan, we all like to joke about the Metrodome. It, uh, it was a great home for us. It did what it had to do. But, you know, I know the Twins are thankful for Target Field. And we're, of course, very thankful for U.S. Bank Stadium. Right. Um, but coming to the Vikings Museum, uh, we have 14,000 square foot of exhibit space. So it's quite large. Uh, we're on the first floor adjacent to the Vikings team shop. And one of my favorite parts about the museum is when you walk in, you enter our frozen in time exhibit. 
and you have six ice columns, as we call them, with our retired jersey numbers. Um, we only have six retired jerseys uh, within our collection. And then it is surrounded by kiosks, interactive kiosks of all of our Pro Football Hall of Famers. And of course, you have the big Norseman right there. That, of course, is our logo. Um, a lot of people call it the Vikings hat if you're not familiar, but it is our Norseman. Um, and it's really just a beautiful space. And so we have a big garage door that opens. You walk in and you get to engage with these kiosks. Um, and we actually uh, went to all of our Pro Football Hall of Famers and got their handprint so that all of our fans can put their hand in this handprint. It starts a video so you, you can engage with this exhibit um, and you can see how their career path led them to Canton. Um, and that uh, is just the beginning. And when you go beyond there, you get to learn. Um, we have multiple exhibits based on our homes, including the Metrodome, including Metropolitan Stadium, and of course, US Bank, uh, our training camps. We are the Minnesota Vikings. We're not the St. Paul Vikings. We're not the Minneapolis Vikings. And so our training camp, first five years was actually in uh, Bemidji, Minnesota, which is northern Minnesota. For 52 years, our training camps were held in Mankato, which is more southern central Minnesota. And now they're right in Egan, which is about 20 miles away from uh, the Twin Cities. Really, we wanted to showcase all the homes of the Minnesota Vikings throughout all of Minnesota. Um, and then we have some exhibits based on our current players. Uh, obviously, depending on what generation of fans you are, you, you resonate with a little bit different stuff. I like to say that our museum is very generational. My father would gravitate towards the Purple People Eaters, Al Page, Carl Eller, Jim Marshall. As I mentioned before, Randy Moss and uh, Randall Cunningham really <laughs> paved way for me. So that's where I resonate. Um, but my 10-year-old nephew um, is currently obsessed with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So um, when you move back into the museum, you really start seeing kind of the pivotal seasons and the players and coaches that kind of um, led us to that. Um, and then, of course, we do talk about the history of the branding. Why are we purple and gold? Why do we have the Norsemen? Um, and then the history of uniforms as well. And then one thing I shouldn't forget is we do have a 360 theater. Uh, that's a really, really awesome spot. Go in, you can sit right in the middle of it or stand, whatever you prefer. And you just get engulfed with kind of who we are and what we're doing and why we're here. That's great. I love those pieces of technology with the kind of surround sound, 360 visual of the video and then the handprints and people seem to really engage with those types of things in museums. And then they can hear those stories going back to what you said earlier about like teams that you would have grown up with or your parents or um, children. Like I like how you put it generationally. And that's really how I know I fell in love with sports and um, want to make that my livelihood now like you have. So yeah. what about the um, Minneapolis miracle? Because that's probably my favorite Vikings play. It's just so incredible. <laughs> I was trying to remember like where I was. I think I was in my dorm room in, during my undergrad watching it. And just what an incredible moment. How do you all kind of memorialize that play? So I'm so glad you brought that up because I was like, I, how did I forget the Minneapolis miracle exhibit? I got to talk about that. Um, that is actually, I would say, our most popular exhibit, um, simply because it is so contemporary in fans' minds right now. And everybody comes together and they immediately start talking about where they were when that happened. So, Andrew, when you start talking about, I think I was in my dorm room, right? Like, 
Everyone loves to come together and talk about their connection with that moment. At the museum, we have a giant wall um, and we do have the football from that play on display. And on the wall, we have a huge graphic of one of the photos that our photographers took on that game. Uh, if you type in Minneapolis Miracle, it's going to be the first photo you see. So it's a, at this point, that's a very iconic photo. Shout out to the photographers and all the people behind the scenes. I always say that when I'm talking about that exhibit, because there's so many people not on the field that are making sure right. things are happening. And then we also have a monitor, a television in which people can push uh, buttons. One of the buttons, all it does is replay the Minneapolis Miracle. Uh, that button gets pushed a million times a day. Uh, people just want to relive it. One other button is fan reactions. Uh, I think Michael Strahan, he was on a broadcast. He freaked out. And so we have that. Uh, we did have a museum fan come in and actually find themselves uh, as one of the fans that we kind of showcased and talk about their reaction. But that is a really, really fun area. There's a lot of room to kind of see it, replay it. But as I mentioned briefly before, people come together. They've never met each other, but museum fans, they start talking to each other. Oh, I was here. I was here. I was here. Oh, I thought this. I thought this. Um, and I always like to chime in. I, I shouldn't be admitting to this, but I did not work for the Vikings at that time. Uh, and I started washing dishes because I was so upset. I had to walk away from the television and then I heard all the cheering. So I too have that story of where I was in that moment. And so it really brings players together. A few years after that happened, Zimmer did bring Diggs and the rest of his teammates into the museum. And one of my favorite memories was Stefan Dix was walking through the museum and, and I noticed that a group of his teammates were watching the miracle um, and, and Diggs turned the corner and they all just started screaming for him. And it was a really fun moment at the museum to be able to um, have the players to see that, to relive that as well. So you saying watching the dishes reminded me of my mom. She was we were watching the Chiefs Texans divisional game, I think, from a couple years ago where they made that big comeback. And she was so upset that she went out to shovel the driveway of <laughs> snow and there wasn't really any snow left. We had already taken care of it, but she was so upset. And then the, the Chiefs comeback happened and she was less upset after that. But it's kind of funny how like that's my story for that game and how I remember uh, my mom going out to shovel the driveway. <laughs> Yeah, as a Minnesotan, um, you know, we have ups and downs, right? And so right. everyone experiences them differently and everyone reacts to them differently. So it's fun to swap those stories for sure. Yeah. What is the role of the museum with the legends and the Hall of Famers? Maybe you've met Randy Moss or maybe like Jared Allen was just inducted into the Ring of Honor, I believe. So are you putting together like exhibits based on their careers to honor them? Or what does that look like for you all? Yeah, so we were able to induct Jared Allen into the Vikings Ring of Honor. Um, that is the highest honor you can get with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and we did that at our Cardinals, you know, versus the Cardinals game on October 30th. Um, and I did create a temporary exhibit in which we highlighted Jared Allen's career, pulling artifacts from the archives and highlighting what, what he did on the field, um, but also what he did in the community. Um, he was a huge uh, activist for um, Wounded Warrior Project. Um, and so really, we wanted to remind our fans why we, Minnesota Vikings, are honoring him in this way. And of course, we want to invite our fans to join in that. Um, the Ring of Honor ceremony was done during halftime. 
Uh, but only 67,000 of our fans could enjoy that, right? Not everyone gets to go to a game um, in the Minnesota Vikings Museum. We really give the opportunity for our fans to kind of rediscover that um, and engage at the museum. And so, yes, definitely doing uh, temporary exhibits, a lot, a lot of content beforehand. So another side of my job is, you know, archival work with the historic photography collection. And so it's my job, too, to make sure that our social teams, our marketing teams, our design teams have the assets they need in which to tell these stories. Um, so a lot of that was done during the off season so that we could continue to tell Jared's story throughout. Um, and it's a lot of fun. We um, obviously the Minnesota Vikings really is for the legends. Uh, one thing that I always say during my tours the Justin Jeffersons, the Kirk Cousins, the Harrison Smiths, they are really standing on the shoulders of giants. The Minnesota Vikings franchise opened in 1961. The players had to have full-time jobs in addition to playing football at that time, simply because it was a different world. Um, and we are able to have Viking Lakes and the Twin Cities Performance, Twin Cities Orthopedic Performance Center and US Bank Stadium because of what the legends have done in the past. And so at the Vikings Museum, we definitely create displays to honor the legends. But the Vikings Museum is also for our legends. And so every once in a while, legends will come through. Obviously, we open the doors for them, welcome them in. Um, but really, it's another connection to our past and, of course, to the men and women that helped get us to where we are. You kind of mentioned the archival photography side of your job, and I was going to ask you about if you have other parts of your job besides the museum um, from your like archival library science background. So what does that look like for you? Yeah, so one thing I learned very quickly is that in sports, it's all hands on deck. We right. are all trying to achieve the one goal. <laughs> um, we are all working towards that goal, and sometimes your job puts you in really different avenues that you never thought you were going to get an opportunity to do. And sometimes it's challenging, but honestly, it's so much fun. <laughs> um, as I mentioned, I've always considered myself an introverted, lonely little archivist. Um, but now I get to work with our content teams. I get to work with our design teams. I get to work with our video teams that put together this amazing content for the intro sequence. So my job gets me out of the archives. It does get me out to the museum just to simply help many of other departments. Um, but I think my three biggest buckets would be I support the team photographers. We have three team photographers on staff and we have a variety of different freelancers we use. They take thousands and thousands of photos per game. Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, with my library and information sciences background, I do have the um, experience to essentially organize those and make sure that those photos are used and you know put in front of our fans to kind of tell the stories that we want. That is a huge part of my job. <laughs> it's it's a lot of work. Our photographers take amazing photos. So I feel very honored that I get to help support them out in the marketplace. Um, but that is extremely time consuming. The new coaching staff that we have, they also really want photos. They use the photos to help train. They use the photos, you know, to just do presentations. And so I've been able to work with our coaching staff to make sure that, you know, they get what they need from our team photographers. And so that's really our all current photography, not much historical, um, but that is something that I've taken on and, and it's been a, it's 
been a lot of fun to do that simply because it is my background and and I know what I'm doing and um, it's a lot of fun there. And then of course there's the museum, the curation side, creating exhibits, working with our amazing design team to make sure that um, the exhibits look right, they're telling the stories that we want. And then there's also the archival world, which you know revolves around our historical photography collection so that when we want to speak about Jared Allen, we have the photos, the videos, the documents that we can speak to those stories. Um, so those are kind of my three buckets that I'm in. Uh, but again, on game day, it's all hands on deck. Uh, if I need to go help a fan, I'm going to go help a fan. If, if someone needs me to help with something that I've never done before, I'm going to do it because <laughs> that's what right. we got to do. That's cool. I have never thought about the the photographers on the sideline working with the museum staff because all those photos go somewhere and like fans don't think about that because they see all these folks on the sidelines with press passes or mm -hmm. these big cameras and it's like, well, what happens to all of that? And so cataloging it and processing it into the team collection, that's a really neat part of your role. And I don't I don't think I have had anybody talk about that before on the podcast, which is cool. Yeah, um, it's really digital asset management, which doesn't sound as cool, right? right. <laughs> but uh, it's a really vital job for any organization, especially organizations that uh, want to continuously tell their story on the platform of our fans, whether that's the museum, you know, on a commercial, on a broadcast, on a pod, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. uh, we want to make sure we have the ability to connect, connect with our fans. Um, as we wrap up here, Jessica, do you have a story you want to share about um, your time at the Vikings Museum or, or a fun interaction you had that was kind of an impactful or, or something else you would want to share? Sure, I have a I have a really fun one for me, and then I have one that is dear to my heart. So I'm gonna stick. I've mentioned Randy Moss a few times. He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame during my first year with the Vikings. So I, I felt very much like a rookie. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's Randy Moss! I can't believe it. Um, but during halftime, we were honoring him uh, with a halftime ceremony, and for the Vikings Museum, we get everyone's handprint. Um, we turn that into a mold so that our fans can, um, you know, can compare themselves to these legends. And I had to run around the tunnels under U.S. Bank Stadium trying to track down Randy Moss. I only had five minutes. It, it only took five minutes to do this hand mold. But I needed him for five minutes, which is not the easiest thing to do, especially right. for, for someone with Randy's credentials. Um, but also, he's busy. I mean, he works. <laughs> um, he's a broadcaster himself. so. When he comes, we feel very honored, his time. And I just ran around and I saw him right before he was going to go on halftime. And he was kind of like, nope, I don't have time. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no. Like, what if, how am I going to do this? And then after halftime, he was over the moon. It's amazing to see how legends and players react to fans because it's really all about him. After he got done from speaking at this halftime ceremony, he, yeah, he was over the moon. And I said, Randy, we would love to get your handprint for the Vikings Museum to honor this day. And he had a big smile on his face. He was so happy to do it. Um, I got to make a little small talk with him for that five minutes <laughs> as he just stuck his hand in the mold for us. Um, but I was able to get what we needed. He was very honored to be, you know, asked to do that and was very willing to do that. So it was a really, really great interaction with with someone that meant so much to me kind of coming up in the sports world. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And of course we have his handled now. So any fan yeah. can come to the Vikings museum and compare their handprint to Randy Moss's. I'm sure his hands are huge too. 
Yes, they all are. Yes. And it's so funny when people compare their handprints to um, our Hall of Famers. They're all in awe over how big they are. But we have a few Hall of Famers that have quite small hands. And, and those are the ones the kids like to gravitate towards. Right. <laughs> Feel a little bit more connected. And, but that was, a, that was a really great day. And it was really fun to be able to meet someone that meant so much to me and the community of Minnesota. Do you want to share the more heartfelt story? You don't have yeah. to. But... Yes, of course. Thank you. Um, yeah. Chris Dolman, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, was an amazing man. Unfortunately, he has passed since. When a Pro Football Hall of Famer gets inducted into Canton, there is a bronze bus that stays in Canton forever. And then the actual legend or the actual player or coach uh, gets a bus as well. And legends have told me many stories about their own bus. I think I forgot which legend, but one of them would hide them in different spots of their house and scare their wife. Um, I forgot who that was. I should figure that out. But Chris Dolman actually traveled with this huge, heavy Hall of Fame bus and he got it to the museum. And we were like, wow, we could have helped you with that. <laughs> you should have called us. We would have helped you out with that. But he got it and he brought it to the Vikings Museum and he said, I want to donate this to the Vikings Museum. And I said, great, happy to. Are you sure you want to donate it? We'd be happy to just take it on loan. And he looked at me and he said, no, the Vikings and the Vikings fans are my family. And he said over and over again, I want this to be here with the fans. I want this to be here with my family. And so obviously we had to sign some paperwork. We took some photos listening to his stories on how the Minnesota Vikings and Vikings fans really were his family. And he, they were the motivation and the driver for the successes that he had. Um, it really impacted me because these, you know, sometimes these icons you think are bigger than human. You think they're, they're bigger than me, but the reality is that we're all just human and they really, really love the sport and they really, really love their fans just as much as you and I, right. Um, mm -hmm. So to me, that was extremely impactful hearing how this organization really um, impacted Dolman himself, and he want, in turn wanted to return the favor to the Vikings Museum. Those are great stories. Thanks for sharing, Jessica. Uh, my last question is, where can people find the Vikings Museum, whether in person or online? Yes. So we are located in Egan, Minnesota. As you mentioned, we're in Viking Lakes. So the Vikings Museum is open Thursday through Monday. Um, we would love to have you there if you're here. We are a very short drive away from the airport. Um, we have a lot of fans coming in, especially during our home games. So um, come on over and see us. We'd love to have you. And then online as well, vikings.com slash museum. You'll be able to find us online. We do have a page that highlights more of our exhibits. Um, I could only touch on a few today, but uh, we have a lot more than what I spoke to. Um, so you can kind of see all of our exhibits that we have on vikings.com slash museum. Yeah, check it out. We'd love to have you. For sure. Thank you, Jessica, so much for your time and um, for your work to preserve the history of the Vikings. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much, Andrew. This has been a lot of fun to talk about. Jared Allen was one of a kind. His energy, cowboy demeanor, and pass rushing skill made him a fan favorite, especially in the Twin Cities. I was pretty young when he left the Chiefs, but always enjoyed following his career. With his induction this past season into the Vikings Ring of Honor, let's take a look back at the life and career of Jared Allen. Allen was born April 3, 1982 in Dallas, but was raised outside of San Jose, California, on a horse ranch. He graduated from Los Gatos High School, where he was named first team All-League. 
Fun fact about Los Gatos, California, is that it's the headquarters of Netflix. Who knew? Jared played four years for the Idaho State University Bengals, a NCAA Division I FCS school. And in 2003, he was awarded the Buck Buchanan Award as a senior, honoring the top FCS defensive player. What team did Buck Buchanan star for in both the AFL and NFL? The Kansas City Chiefs, who drafted Allen in the fourth round of the 2004 NFL Draft. Looking at Pro Football Reference's recap on the 2004 draft, Allen accrued more career approximate value than any non-quarterback draftee. And the thing is, rookie Jared Allen was evaluated as a long snapper, not a rising star defensive end. However, he became the latter during his time in KC. Allen totaled 43 sacks in four seasons for the Chiefs, including 15 and a half sacks in just 14 games during the 2007 season. Also during that season, Allen caught two touchdown passes in short yardage situations. However, he was traded to the Vikings for four draft picks, and his stats really took off as he fit in beautifully with the people of Minnesota. Impressively, Jared Allen played six full seasons for the Vikings, always playing 16 games. He had 11 sacks or more in each of those six seasons. His highest sack total was 22 during the 2011 season, a Vikings team record and tied for third most in a season in NFL history. He was named first team All-Pro, selected for the Pro Bowl, and almost won the Defensive Player of the Year award. Allen's tenure in Minnesota coincided with team success. The Vikings made the playoffs three times, 2008, 2009, and 2012. Allen had four sacks and three forced fumbles in four playoff games with the Vikings. The Chicago Bears signed Jared Allen in 2014, and he finished his career with the Super Bowl-bound Carolina Panthers in 2015. His last career game was Super Bowl 50. Jared Allen signed a one-day contract to retire a Viking in 2016. He was a five-time Pro Bowler and earned four first-team All-Pro nods. He is 12th all-time in sacks since they became an official stat in 1982. He was a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year, but didn't make the cut. I hope he is enshrined in the future. Off the field, Jared Allen's Homes for Wounded Warriors organization builds homes for veterans returning to the U.S. What an incredible legacy and career. You can find the Minnesota Vikings Museum online via the Vikings website, which I'll link to in the show notes for this episode. Thanks to Jessica for a fun conversation. The Vikings are a talented squad, and I'm excited to see how they do next season. Thanks for listening to Hallowed Ground, the Sports Museum podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, check out our episode archive on your podcast app for more interviews with sport museum professionals. You can also follow the pod on Twitter at HGPod and on Instagram at Hallowed Ground Pod. Thanks in advance. Until next time, sports fans.